Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast with co-hosts Jacob and Terry. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Today we are interviewing with Chase Gallette. We're going to be going into his couch flipping side hustle today. Kind of starting a new series here on the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast where every Saturday we're going to be partnering up with Chase and kind of diving into different topics, mostly mindset related. In a little bit, we're going to be talking about how to increase your confidence and improve your body image. But today we're going to be talking about side hustles, so a whole bunch of different topics we're going to be talking about. Super excited to be interviewing Chase here today. Chase, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Jacob. Thank you so much for having me on here, brother. Yeah, man, I'm so excited for today. So Chase, let's start off with just talking about how you kind of got into the couch flipping business. I have a little bit of knowledge on this just because I've heard a lot about it. I've watched a few YouTube videos about it but I've never done it before. So how exactly did you stumble upon this? It originally started in a mastermind that I'm a part of, I'm a part of the Sheik's Freaks mastermind, where it, basically just a bunch of young kids like myself who are entrepreneurial, who are going after their, their ambitions, wanting to become millionaires someday. And in that mastermind, we had a guest, uh, we, had like, we have like weekly Zoom meetings, right? And we had a guest on one of those Zoom meetings, his name was Ryan Pineda. Well, now he's much bigger than he was back then. He's absolutely blown up. He's an influencer. He's got thousands of followers. But he introduced us to this idea of couch flipping, right? He mentioned it in passing, and one person was kind of like, "Say, what'd you say there? Couch flipping?" You know? And he was like, "Yeah, there was this side hustle I used to do, couch flipping. I was making eight grand a month." And we were like, "Oh, oh, hmm. eight grand a month? You say? That's uh, ooh, that's nice." So we kind of latched onto this idea. We were like, "Well, if that's what's possible." literally doing the simplest thing of buying a couch and then reselling it slightly higher, then we can make so much money doing such a simple task, right? That's kind of where it all started. Um, and he referred us to a, to a YouTube video he actually made. But if anyone's listening, you can literally just look up Ryan Pineda couch flipping. He now has three videos on the topic. And those videos will teach you most of what you need. Obviously, there's no substitute for real experience, right? Mm-hmm. So I started couch flipping, right? Because I was like, man, this sounds like such a cool concept. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna dive in and start. I was, I was inspired by another guy in our group. His name is Ethan, who actually has a couch flipping course now. He actually, he straight up made like a wow. online course that he's selling about it, and he's, he's doing great with that. But so, what I did personally, I was like, so it's, it's like the, the you, you watch the YouTube videos and the basic outline of how to couch flip. It's like, okay, so. You go on Craigslist, you go on Offer of you go on Facebook Marketplace, and you look for used couches, right? That's the key, used couches. And you look for couches that, that have a little bit of wear and tear, you know, like they got some maybe some stains in them. We don't we don't really want like actual tears because it's really difficult to repair a tear mm-hmm. on a couch mm-hmm. quickly and cost effectively. So you go on Facebook Marketplace, Offer up whatever, look for couches that have you know, like stains and they look rough, but they don't actually have many tears in the actual fabric. Sectionals are the best. You want sectional couches because for some reason that's what sells best. That has been the experience for every single person I know couch flipping hmm. is that sectionals and recliners are the best type of couches to look for if you want to flip a couch. Hmm. Then 
you look around on Facebook Marketplace, and a lot of the time you have to actually go and drive to pick up the product, right? You're not, we're not on Amazon here. We don't get two day shipping. We don't get one day shipping. Hmm. So optimally, these you live like the, if if you want to be couch flipping, here's here's the one like asterisk, like you know the catch twenty two. You kind of have to be in a semi populated area, right? Like if you're in the middle of Wisconsin, you're probably not going to be able to flip couches. Like I, I'm sorry, that's. That's just kind of the truth of it because you need to have supply and demand, right? Like if there's no one in your area selling couches and there's no one in your area buying couches, then you're not going to be able to flip couches, right? So I'm lucky. I, I live in like a mix between rural and urban. Like it's more suburbs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's still demand for couch flipping and there's still demand to buy used couches, especially if you drive 20, 30 minutes from my house. So. But if you're living in, like, a bigger city, like New York, L.A. is where Ethan is, um, you are in the prime area to be flipping couches because there's tons and tons of demand for used couches at decent prices, right? Because you go to, like, like, like if you, oh, what? What's a, what's a furniture store? I can't think of a furniture store off the top of my head. Lowe's? American Furniture Warehouse. <laughs> there you go. American Furniture Warehouse. If you go there, chances are they're going to be selling couches for, like, $1,000, $2,000, mm-hmm. right? And that's a lot of money. Nobody wants to be buying a couch for $1,000. Like, like, why would you do that? That's so much money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, on minimum wage, that's like 100 hours of working to sit on a freaking couch. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, in populated areas especially, there's a high demand for this stuff. So you figure out, like, what couches you want, right? You find them on Facebook Marketplace, and all that is is just scrolling. And... In the beginning, you're going to be like, well, is this couch good? Is this couch good? Like, what am I looking for here? Honestly, the only thing you can do is take a guess, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you think a couch is going to do it, like, if you look at this couch and you say, all right, it's a little bit of wear and tear, it's sectional, it's it's brown, I think it'll do well, then go for it. And the best thing, the best advice I can give is, like, show it to your family. Be like, hey, mom, would you sit on this couch in its current condition? Would you buy this couch? You know, go around to your friends, go around to your family and ask that question because that gives you a good idea of where people's heads are at in the market, mm-hmm. right? Like, so put that out there. And then if, you know, if, if you decide, yes, this is a good couch for me, then you message that person, get in contact with them and be like, hey, I want to buy your couch. I'd love to drive out and meet you and talk about it. This is the most important part, right? Is you actually driving out there and meeting them because... When you drive out to meet someone, that's when you have the most rapport, right? Like standing face-to-face with someone, there is no substitute for standing face-to-face with someone like Zoom, Riverside, the software we're using right now, Zoom, Riverside, text message, phone calls, none of that can compare to standing face-to-face with someone chest-to-chest, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no substitute for actual human interaction. So when I'm looking someone in the eyes and I'm talking to them about this couch, I can build so much more rapport and have so much more like sway in their emotion than I can if I'm just calling them over the phone. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is when you drive out to someone's house, you meet them, right? You're like, you're like, hey, I'm here to look at the couch, but don't start with the couch. This is, this is like my number one tip. Don't start in talking about their couch. Like you pull up to their house and they... They're doing you a favor, like in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're letting you into their home. They're letting you inspect their furniture. So you want to walk into their home and you want to be like, like, look around, look for things that you can connect with that you think you can build a conversation off of. Like if they're wearing like 
like in my case, like a Michigan State University T-shirt, I can be like, "Hey, Michigan State, that's where I'm thinking about going to college. Do you have any? Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice? Did you go there? You know, like that's something I actually did with a guy once. Find a way to connect with these people. Find a way to build rapport because, like I said before, there's no substitute for human connection. There's no substitute for genuine human connection. Compliment them. Be kind to them. Be like, "I love your shirt. Thank you so much for the advice." Like. your house is gorgeous you know like find ways that you can compliment them it's there's this book it's called how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie yep if you want to learn how to be a better conversationalist if you want to learn how to better connect with people read that book because that book there's a thousand strategies in there smile say their name shake their hand etc but build rapport that's the end of it right you can look up youtube videos to look up how to build rapport but build rapport right and you'll know what price they want for the couch before you go to their house lowball them <laughs> which is gonna sound harsh right <laughs> yeah. but lowball them like you you get there you build this rapport inspect the furniture like look for it see if there's any and you you kind of want to find like the the small little details like oh it's a little bit scuffed here there's a bit of a tear at the edge of this seam and like like if there's a tear at the edge of the seam, well that means that part of the couch might tear up right like mm-hmm. You need to find the tiny things, and then you need to lowball them. You need to be like, look, John, I know you're asking 300 for this sectional, but there's this tear in the, in the edge of the seam. Over here, there's this pretty bad stain. It's like a bit of a smell to it. So can, can we do anything less? Because I have 150 bucks here with me in cash. I can give you that right now. We'll haul it out the door, and it'll be done. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing is bring cash. Because like when you have physical cash on you, that's so much better, right? Like you can see the actual money in your hands. It's like you've got this couch that's irritating that you that you want to get rid of, and this guy has 150 bucks to take it from you, and he's gonna take it and drive it away, right? Like that's a big thing. And the other thing, when you're negotiating with people, couch flipping is going to teach you to negotiate. That's one of the best parts about it. Is it's all a learning process. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid if you messed up the first time. Is like when you lowball people, they're going to try and like bring you back up. Right? They're going to be like, like when I say 150, he's going to be like, oh, that's half of what I wanted. And he's going to try and bring me back up. You have to anticipate that. You have to be ready for them to try and negotiate and try and bring that price back up. So actually, when you lowball them, like if they're asking three, 300, I'm, I would probably actually go lower than 150. 150 would be the price that I want to get it at. Mm-hmm. Because if they think that they can sell it at 300 and I get it at 150, that means I can probably sell it at 250 and get $100, right? Mm-hmm. So... I'd probably actually lowball them something closer to like 110, 125, and then mm. negotiate up to 150. So to them, it seems like they've won, right? Because if you lowball them 125, they're like, oh, that's harsh. But you negotiate them back up to 150, they feel like they've gotten a victory. They feel like they've taken money from you, right? Gotcha. They, yeah. they have battled their way back up. That's how negotiating in sales works. I mean, in reality, you just took 150 bucks off their price and walked out the door with a couch that you know you can make $100 on. Right, right. But they think that they won a victory, and that's important. Gotcha. So I guess my next question is, you get this couch for, let's say, 150 bucks. Are, are you doing, like, any sort of restoration to it to sort of clean it up a little bit and, I guess, sell it for 250 or 300 or whatever your target sale price is? Yeah, definitely. That's why I said when you're looking to buy couches, don't buy couches with like big tears in them. Mm-hmm. Because a tear is really hard to fix. You have to like 
figure out what kind of couch it is. You have to buy a new seat cover. You have to pull the old seat cover off, rip all the staples out, and then you have to go back through and staple back on your new seat cover. And somewhere in the process, you have to hope that you don't mess anything else up because if you do, you got to buy that part too. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, like you spend all this time repairing seat covers and putting, taking them off and putting them back on. And like, then you're spending two, three, four hours looking for parts, repairing, and it's all on one couch, right? Like, and you might mess something up. And you, right. it's so much time that you have this couch and you're putting all this effort into it. And it's just decreasing, like, the, the time that you could, be, you could spend looking for other couches and other opportunities. Yeah, but so, essentially, I mean, that's like the service that you're providing, right? Because realistically, anyone who wanted a cheap couch could get on there and find that exact same couch and pay that person 150 instead of paying you 250 but you're the one going out there one picking it up and probably i'm guessing deliver it to the to the client that you sell it to yes okay you deliver it and then you're also you know cleaning it up for them and just making it into a, a better product and so i think that's kind of the service you're providing and i think maybe i think some people might have a little skepticism um with why people would want to not just go on to Facebook Marketplace themselves and buy this cheap couch, but you know you're restoring it and making it a better product. So, you know, what type of profit margins can you expect to make from this? You kind of already said maybe you can buy a couch for 150, sell it for 250, but is that kind of a, a realistic profit margin? Oh yeah. See, that, that that's the thing. It's like so while I might not like go through a major restoration process like repairing the wood and putting new covers on the couch, I'm definitely gonna clean it up. Like. I'm gonna go through with a steam machine. I'm gonna go through with soap and water, and I'm gonna scrub out all of the, all of like the stains and the nastiness in that couch because, that that that's the thing is like. The service that you're providing to people, right? Like, and this this is a big thing that you want to do when you're buying couches and reselling them, is you want to offer like free delivery, okay? So, mm -hmm. the service that you're providing to people is like, I I tell you I'm gonna bring you this couch. You're gonna drive out there. You're gonna bring them a couch, right? It's gonna be. It's gonna look brand new. You you want to look make this couch look as new as possible. Okay, fluff up the cushions, steam steam dry it, and there's actually machines that you can buy. I can't remember the name of my machine off the top of my head, but mm -hmm. I can always get that to you. You're gonna buy it. You're like you're gonna steam dry it. You're gonna scrub it down with soap and water. You're gonna make this thing look pristine and beautiful, and do the best you possibly can. And then you're gonna drive it out to them. That's that's the service that you're providing. You're finding the good couch. You're making it look amazing, and then you're bringing it to them right? That's the main service that you're providing to people. And when I say that you shouldn't buy couches with tears, that's simply because you're doing, you're, you're hitting yourself hard, right? Like you're making your job harder. A lot of those couches probably aren't going to sell for very much anyways, because they're couches that are already beat up in more ways than one. It, obviously like that's the service you're providing. And then you ask the kind of profit margins, right? A lot of your profit margin is going to determine how, how much you can bring people down from their price, right? Okay. Like, that's where the money is made. The money is made when you buy. There's going to be a high bar for what you can sell a couch at. Like, you know, like you can only get so much money. So it really depends on how far you can bring people down. And don't be afraid to negotiate with people. Like that's something that they're expecting and that's something that's realistic in the real world, mm -hmm. right? So you make the money when you buy. So if, you, if I bought that $300 couch at $100, then my profit margin has increased versus if I bought it at $150. And the hard thing about selling couches is really testing the market. Like, once again, show it to your parent, show it to your friend, show it to your parents, show it to your mom and dad. Be like, hey, mom, how much do you think you'd buy this couch for? And figure out the general feeling amongst people, right? Generally, for me, I'm able to make 
100 $150 a couch. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it's closer to 75 mm-hmm. But that's because I've also been doing this for a little bit. Like, it's you're going to learn as you go. Like, your first couch, you might not make tons of money because you might price it too high and then it sits in the market and you have to resell it. And maybe you didn't lowball them enough, you know? So it really all comes down to how well you can lowball them and what what the price you're getting the couch at is. Gotcha. Well, Chase, this sounds like a pretty awesome side hustle for people, and I really think it's something that I'm interested in as well. Might might end up doing this in the future, but Chase, yep. we're probably going to wrap up this episode here, guys. We're kind of doing a new two-part series, so we're going to end up filming one um, one part of a episode on, um, let's say, for example, the Team Financial Freedom podcast. And then the other part of the episode, in this case, we're going to be talking about my experience um, eBay selling. Um, So Chase is going to be interviewing me on his podcast. Chase, do you want to share with people how they can find your podcast? Yeah, sure, man. So with with my podcast, I we recently ran into the Young Entrepreneurs Rebellion. (laughs) And Jacob, shut up! I know I've known I've done this before. Shut up! (laughs) But then. We've, we've recently rebranded, rebranded to the Young Entrepreneurs Rebellion. You can find us anywhere you find podcasts, you know, Spotify, Apple, the usual gist. Um, just type Young Entrepreneurs Rebellion into the search bar. You'll find us. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm just at Chase underscore Galette. You can find a lot of con- You can find a lot of inspirational content there, and there will be links to my podcast there as well. Awesome. Very good, Chase. Well, uh, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll catch you in the next one. Thank you for listening to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it. 